0: Welcome to the Games Games Did you guys know? Did you guys know that in the far future there is only war and Balenciaga?
1: Is that like a Xenos race or something?
0: Not at all. I've just been watching a lot of the AI Balenciaga memes recently, and it always oh. will be like, so
2: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh, uh, the, the Harry Potter stuff.
0: Yeah, that's one of them.
2: Oh, so creepy.
0: <laughs> it's and they always do like that same kind of like slight head move. Uh huh. Oh man, yeah, those ones. Dramatic those ones are nuts. Looks slightly I,
2: off camera. Exactly.
0: And I was just thinking, like, what if Warhammer had one of those?
1: I'm glad they oh, don't.
0: I'm glad they don't either, because this is the Squad Games Podcast, where we guarantee you we will not try to sell you on Balenciaga. Instead, we will roll dice and hear ourselves talk. I'm Giacomo, and today I'm with Dakota and Mr. Rob. How are you guys doing?
1: Fantastic. Doing
0: great. Great. Do you guys have that over there? I didn't there?
1: know we were, we were doing a podcast with, with the tiger from... Frosted Flakes? From Frosted Flakes.
2: <laughs> are we allowed to say thats that? Is that... Is that Trademark, copyright. Are they our sponsor?
1: They're great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Frosted Flakes deployment.
0: <laughs> Man, what would that be? That's like scatter terrain. You just got to put scatter call it <laughs> Oops, all
2: scatter terrain.
0: Oops, all scatter
1: terrain. I think, I think, it, I think it would be like in boarding actions. They have the deployment zones in like the the particular squares. Instead of like along the edges. So like that would be like, if these are going to be the three red squares and these are going to be the three green squares. Oh, wait, Dakota's colorblind. So they're all fucking gray.
0: Um- ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Oh, Colorblindness at its finest. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're all here together. We're all going to talk about some cool stuff specifically at least one of them for sure is going to be about the balanced data slate. But first I want to thank our patrons for helping us do what we do. I want to thank Rob for coming on the show because, you know, take time out of your busy day to do this and I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. No problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'd also like to uh, thank FLG for letting us become affiliates. And if you guys want to help support the podcast in any way, and you guys want to go buy some hobby supplies from FLG, make sure to click on that affiliate link in the show notes and also if you're looking forward to going to aco uh, lso or any flg events if you buy through our affiliate link we do get a kickback and that would be awesome
0: yeah i would like i would like things and this helps me buy things
1: it helps your mortgage let's be honest
0: <laughs> it helps the <with> mortgage <laughs> and
2: great plastic
0: and by yeah. God hands, I got my God hands. They're really uh, nice. Oh, who, I too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dakota yeah. sold those too. <laughs> yeah. And right in time for me to cut out all my, uh, shadow vault or soul shackle, whichever one it was.
1: See, Everyone is like, well, I don't need expensive clippers. And then they come over to Dakota's house and they use them and they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I need some expensive clippers.
0: They're like, Seriously. I still, I still have like my army painter ones just cause I can use this to be on, on more like surfaces. I just need to cut and I'm not too worried about precision, but then you pull out the God hands for nice thing. So you can make sure that your models are smooth. And then I bought a bunch of, the little hobby blades. I have so many now and they're greasy for whatever reason. Oh, it's just oil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably what it is, right? Keep it lubed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. they don't rust. It's because they, they can rust. Hmm. So what, with your first experience of uh, God hands, uh, going through your entire set, how, how did that feel? Rob?
2: Uh, it was great. I mean, there's so much clipping for that stupid, like gallow, dark walls, Um, that instead of having a hand cramp after doing one or two sprues, I just, burned through it. And like the best part though, is how very little bit of sprue is left on at the end. So you don't have to go over with like a hobby knife again, just like clip off the bits. I feel like we really should be sponsored by him because we're talking about a lot, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah. If there's anyone in Japan listening to this uh, and they know anyone from Godhead, be like, yo, these guys really like your, your clippers. Like maybe you should sponsor them. Yeah.
0: Wa ni doishimasen. actually it would be the opposite of that but yeah what did you just <laughs> say and we've been canceled
1: <laughs> all i know <laughs> is how to say domo arigato mr roboto and that's about it incredible <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh. all right guys what have you been working on hobby wise
1: well, um I am been working on a few custom orders from my Etsy shop, pretty cool. Uh a couple of different light up boards and also we are completing two different boarding actions this weekend this week. Um in fact, one of them is 90% done. Um and I, I just showed Rob how to airbrush on one of them when he came over today. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I, I popped it out and I showed him some uh, fluorescent orange on these bad boys.
2: Yeah. First of all, airbrushing is awesome and it looks really cool.
1: It's like, the thing that you always have to remember is that it's a lot scarier getting into it than it should be. It just, it's just a different tool. You're shooting some paint, pushing pigment through a different medium. But uh, ultimately, like... With, with repeated use, it's really easy. Just make sure to clean up afterwards and you know your tool lasts forever.
0: I think and, one and thing, and thing with, don't uh, lick the airbrush. And yeah. do not lick the airbrush. I think one thing for people who are hesitant on getting airbrushes is usually the space. Cause I've heard a lot of people only have limited space to paint in general. So then where would they put an airbrush? I, I wanna say At, that's why. I'm
1: but, just gonna say uh let it take place of one of your cases for your, your army, because it is that to me, it is that important of a tool. I think that uh, all these people that are like two thin coats for a base coat for my, for my blood angels. It's like, or you could just push the paint through an airbrush and just get a perfect coat and uh, forget about it. And you just saved yourself like six hours of time. The, thing, yeah. that, the thing that you have to remember is that when we're all painting, we we typically don't have a ton of time to paint and we were going to sit down, paint for two hours. So if you pop out your airbrush, you're typically going to get a lot, a lot more done a lot faster. And to me, I feel like that's just kind of like way more useful um, to, to, to use my time to, as a fit to its fullest. And then obviously you go in afterwards with your brush and everything to highlight stuff up, but you get know, the details. Yeah. Got to paint them eyeballs.
0: So Rob, so yeah. you're building up your into the one of your into the dark sets. Are you going to be joining that hobby challenge they're doing for terrain this month
1: on Battle Brothers uh, oh. tabletop?
2: Yeah, I uh, I haven't seen that one yet, so I don't know. I really just put that one together. I, I want to do the uh, the narrative missions with the pop out walls, um, just to see how those worked. And I played one uh, uh, about week a week, uh, week ago. And it was pretty cool. We blew up a bunch of walls. It had no impact on the game whatsoever, but we blew up walls. So that was cool.
0: <laughs> I feel like explosives really should blow up walls and into the dark.
2: Yeah. The, yeah, w- the look- way it's written in the, uh, the rules, you can place explosives, or if you just have an AP2 gun, you can blow it up. Like shoot it all through it. Yeah. So, I mean, huh. the team I had didn't have any AP at all, except for maybe with uh, piercing shots, but so I couldn't do it. But uh, plasma gun will do it, melt a gun, a couple of the uh, what was it the, the mines that some people have? Yep, Phobos and Casarkin, man.
1: Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm pretty excited. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to join the challenge, but uh, I'm definitely gonna try. I think uh, the plan is that. B- me, Saya, and Giacomo are all going to submit uh, a Into the Dark, and then we're all going to film a video on it, hopefully, and post it on YouTube.
0: Yeah, cool. that'll give me a reason to make the second set I have here, you know, actually finish it in a more timely manner, instead of dragging my yeah. feet.
1: Yeah, you have 26 days to finish.
0: Huh, only need one of those. Just kidding. I need
2: more, <laughs> I need more, I need more than one. <laughs> uh, so you got an airbrush then, it sounds like.
1: Hell no. I have rattle cans and I have brushes. No. When Giacomo wants to use an airbrush, he just comes over to my house.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, so yeah, for myself, when it comes to hobby, I, I picked up that Augustus thing and I've been looking for ways to convert the missile launcher, the desolation squad guys. Cause I'm not like a super big fan of all that bigness on their weapon. I saw somewhere they converted and put it on the backpack, so I'll probably do that.
1: Can, can I just say that that is my least favorite model I have ever seen from the new Primaris range?
0: A lot of people don't like it, including myself to a certain point. But I want to try the model, so there it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the thing is uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm just
1: pulling it up right now for Rob. We're sitting next to it? each other.
0: Yeah, it is. It is not the best looking thing.
1: It it looks like they're straight out of like. It's not. It's not even unreal, like the Unreal games. You know, like I mean, what what is that?
2: You know what it is. I just I made the connection, like Final Fantasy VII, that massive sword, but mm-hmm. like in gun form.
0: Okay. Yeah. These are over the top.
2: Yeah. They're like, like anime rockets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see, I thought they would save that for Tao. Oh,
0: That's, this is like gosh. something a child would make rocket oh launcher on top my. of rocket launcher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We heard you like rocket launchers. So we added rocket launchers to your rocket launchers.
0: Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Marines though, did anyone look at the Terminator things?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that cool.
0: Man. Yeah, those they feel like Terminators. They they needed to get exactly what they have.
1: So yeah. I'm going to post this photo in our Discord for anyone that wants to to chuckle along with us. <laughs> but I just photo. sent a specific photo to Giacomo. <laughs> 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 uh, it's about the rocket launcher space marines. If you guys want to check that out? Make sure you join the Discord. Uh, I'll I'll make sure I post it in there. It's a uh, it's quite quite enjoyable and then everyone can chuckle like us or think we're all crazy one of the two
0: this is a very funny image i really enjoyed this thing (laughs) Uh, you guys ready to talk about the balanced data slate heck yeah yeah Yeah. all right here we go let's get into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing is that what we should use meat and potatoes no that's basic uh secret sauce yeah there we go okay biscuits and gravy sure
2: american biscuits and gravy
0: american biscuits and gravy yeah you don't want cookies and gravy
2: oh No, thank you.
1: No, thanks. I'm, I'm, this has gone over my head. We were
2: discussing the difference between biscuits in Britain versus the United States.
1: Got it. Makes more sense. Yes. What is the difference? I know biscuits are like fluffy in America and in Britain, they're like cookies. cookies? Yeah. Mm.
0: Twix is a, is a biscuit. So
1: Mm.
2: yeah. Biscuit adjacent.
1: I don't know why you'd ever eat one of those. A Twix? No, like a biscuit, oh. <laughs> like a biscuit, like a biscuit, a British biscuit and gravy. I just don't know. I don't. I don't. I like. Yeah.
0: Would you eat Bisquick, like the the waffle and or pancake mix?
1: If they were mixed with water and cooked, <laughs> yes.
0: Because <laughs> ha- apparently having a stack of uh, of pancakes is also a big thing that Rob was telling me about.
2: Yeah. American pancakes are also much, much larger.
0: Mm. And here here I thought I knew everything there is to know about pancakes.
1: Danish pancakes yeah. are dope. Danish? Yeah, they're like little balls.
0: Oh. Kind of like <laughs> yeah, okay. I've had I've had something similar like that at a Taco Bell.
1: Yeah, and sometimes they're like filled with stuff.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are good. I like those.
1: Yeah, like, what,
2: like donut holes basically?
1: Yeah, but they're yeah. like pancakes. Have what is that Danish place up north, Giacomo? From Solvain. LA? Solvain. So oh, for yeah. anyone who doesn't know what Solvane is, it's literally like they took a an area of Danish, Danland, Denmark. 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 And they put it up north behind a bunch of ostrich farms. Right. Don't ask. It just is what it is. Uh it's like a, a piece of Denmark. And you go through, and there's a bunch of wine tastings. It's like a historic town. Everything yep. is windmills. Yeah, windmills Sausages. and stuff. Sausages. The
0: Lego stores there.
1: Is there a Lego store? Oh, there's there?
0: a Lego store there.
1: Wow,
2: that's yeah. from Denmark too. Yeah.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they sell Danish pancakes there, and they're lit. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short.
0: Well, let's let's stack these <laughs> new changes on the balanced data slate. All right. All right. Scotty, you want to start us off?
1: Uh sure. So, let's start off with it looks like uh Critops. Yes. Critops, um well, firstly, should we say like our overall thoughts? Like were you guys overall pleased with Critops or with with the overall balanced data slate?
2: Yeah, I think it was a uh I mean, we'd been waiting for it, I think, after like the last one made some pretty good changes, but there were some teams that were still pretty weak, um, and some teams were pretty strong. So I was happy with what they did Like after reading through it. I felt like there was a lot of um, light touch on some factions that needed a little bit, um, and some heavier touches on some stuff that really needed a, a big boost.
0: I think the changes to the way scoring works is very important. And like Rob mentioned, where they touched up on some teams that definitely needed it, they definitely deserved it. As yeah, so overall, I'm happy with it.
1: Uh, for me, I'm overall disappointed Ooh, with what we what with what hater. we got. I will, I will disagree with the two of you. Yeah, he's um, drinking
0: that haterade. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly. Um, I thought everything that was touched was well deserved, and I thought that most of the touches were good. Um, I disliked that Crit Ops was not ready to go from the beginning because a lot of people were asking questions. BCP didn't oh, yeah. have it ready. And I had a tournament literally two days later. And um, once again, it was not great. I believe they waited until after to release, Adepticon to release this so that they didn't mess with any big tournaments once again, which is nice of them. But then I uh, made the all random tournament that I had, which was a lot of fun, which we can get into, uh, later was a, was a lot of fun. Um, but it did not do like the great for us there. So
0: I I can see what you mean with that. They probably should have been talking to BCP a little closer, telling them, Hey, this is the day it's going to come out. So, you know, get ready to have it released that way.
1: Yeah. That would have been nice. Like an update. Yeah, but the problem is that when it when it first came out, right, uh, the crit ops was them saying that you could just score sixteen points. Now, as of today, as of today, they have fixed that. And now you can score a maximum of 24, which was intended, and it was kind of blatantly intended, but not everyone, a lot of people are super rules as written. So when they don't see the rule updated, they think that it's still just 20. So it's unfortunate that there was some confusion. And as a tournament organizer, it causes a little bit of a headache on my end when I have to uh, tell people, this is how I'm going to rule it, and who knows if, if... if or when Jock G- uh, Games Workshop is going to,
0: yeah, when I update, <laughs> yeah, when, when wait, G- you're in charge of this. I guess yeah. now it's official. Yeah. Giacomo
1: Giacomo's <laughs> Workshop releases this, uh, this, this thing. So um, I'll go over my thoughts and processes when we go over more of these. But ultimately, some of the crit ops changes uh, I feel like are extremely lacking. Uh, why was recover item not touched?
0: Ooh, that's if a good they, point.
1: If they, plan on, if they plan on doing it later, why was it not told to us up front? If they plan on giving us more data cards or to give us free cards later, why was it not told to us, if that's even happening? Um, there are so many broken TAC ops in crit ops that I think that they obviously need more attention. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly disappointed on the rules end. Uh, I was expecting more, to say the least.
0: Yeah, it was, Especially, like, it was a little light. I'll give you that. It's only like four pages.
1: Well, I mean, I, 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 I ran one of the biggest tournaments in North America, and then I attended the exact same size tournament in Baltimore. Both 89 players experienced both within a month. Uh, there's obviously some issues that need to be addressed. And the fact that they were like, oh, this should fix it. No, this is just going to help horde teams. I think so. I mean, the time will tell, but that's just my—that's just my fast horde teams. I think are going to mostly uh, benefit from this rather all than right, other All right, all right.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Well, let's do some of the first changes. One of the easiest commandos. ones was, uh, yeah, we could start with commandos. This one's a pretty cool one. Whether you take the bomb squig or the commando grot, you now get both, which is awesome. That's 11 operatives, man.
2: Yeah, I, I, I love this one uh, because it's just, you don't see enough bomb squig. That is just a fun operative. And they're not, it wasn't worth it to replace a grot or a boy with that. But now that you can do it basically for free. Um, also, I love it because any time I've played against a bomb squig, there's a pretty much like 50 50 chance I can maybe blow it up while it's still with all of its other buddies. And that's mm. fun too. So it's a little bit of a risk still. You, you might not take it.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, does the bomb squig, it doesn't have to start with everybody, so it could be all on its own and then just, you know, be a bonus thing as a harasser.
2: Yeah, yeah but on like think- the uh, uh, grilled cheese deployment, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> there's just sometimes there's not space and it has to stay. It can't be on conceal. It's always on engage. So
0: suck it, Emmanuel. Grilled cheese. <laughs> Another thing is commandos were one of the first teams to come out. So like, they don't really have a whole lot of updates and un- the rules aren't super complex. So at least this gives them a little more, you know, better chance to win. I guess this
1: could give them that. So, so in my opinion, I don't think that this was needed for commandos, but I do like the change quite a lot. And the bomb squig, the fact that the bomb squig was never, ever taken. Um, and now it is, I think is a, is is going to be a lot of fun and we all get to experience what it actually does because I don't even know if I know what it does to be honest.
0: It runs and blows up.
2: I think there's also <laughs> pretty kind much of an interesting question like if they're making balance changes so that operatives that aren't being used are going to be used more often I think it's going to be like an interesting like precedent like for the uh, certain teams where you can choose either a gunner or a heavy gunner no one takes a heavy gunner so are they going to Make the heavy gunners better, so that teams use all their operatives, or are they just going to be okay with, you know, this guy came with a box, you're never going to use him, but it's just an option. Mm,
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah, I I do think that it's mostly because commandos' win rate was subpar and lacking. So I feel that if let's say corsairs start dropping, then perhaps they do make the heavier gunners better, but until that point, I don't know if they will.
2: Or like the uh, the Butcher for Legionnaire, but Legionnaire is doing so strong. But I think most people usually don't run the Butcher
1: anyway, so. I love the Butcher.
0: I love the Butcher. It's one of my favorite models. Even if it's not good, I don't care what people say. I, I don't. Run it.
1: I, I think it's pretty. I think it's okay. I think it's pretty decent in Into the Dark. Maybe not open, but Into the Dark, I don't I don't see it being bad.
0: Speaking of Into the Dark, do you think this bomb squig is going to be even better in Into the Dark now that you can take it for free?
1: Yes. It's way easier to not get shot. I mean, it is a small model, so you could hide it, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty good in Into the Dark, too. Legionaries.
0: Since we were talking on Legionaries, this one was simple. It's a big change that's been happening to any kind of damage reduction thing. So their their strategic ploy, mutagenic flesh, went from reducing it to a minimum of two to now to a minimum of three. And the same thing kind of happened with Intercession. So just the way you know because it was feels bad when you had like a weapon like a bolter three four damage going to two three like man that sucked like way to power somebody down you know
1: yeah absolutely i think that i think the legionary change was kind of needed but it wasn't it wasn't necessary if that makes sense like i don't think that all the damage reduction stuff is like was like super game breaking. It's just I, I find it an interesting thing. Maybe they have some kind of extra stuff on the back end, some kind of stats that we don't know about or something. But I didn't find a lot of these these other than the Gellerpox stuff to be super super game breaking. So
2: I think it's um, maybe towards the teams that don't have like the heavy hitting weapons like Phobos. They don't really yep. have anything more than a three four, and going Phobos into legionary or intercessions. I mean, if you're doing. <laughs> pushing through two damage with a hit, like it's a long day. So it feel might exaggerate. be moving towards like just getting less Plasmas in the game because if you can kill an Intercessor or a Legionary with a Bolter, maybe all the teams don't need Plasmas. And I mean, we don't have Plasma spam, it, spam anymore, but still, it's an auto-take. You always take your Plasma. But if they could give you more flexibility...
1: The most Plasma spammy team is the... Probably Legionnaires. No, not Legionnaires. What's the other one? Fedguard. No. the Watch? <laughs> yeah, Death Watch. Okay. Reminds me, oh, of, that yeah. cool. it reminds me yeah. of that Connor Price song right now. Just like, who? Who? <laughs> With the Batman one? Yeah. Bruce Wayne. Who? <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Who? Who, Batman? Oh, all right. That's a good song if anyone's out there. Connor Price. I'm, I'm digging him lately. Not Besides sponsored. Besides the point, not sponsored. No, he's a cool dude. Uh, let's move on to Corsairs.
0: Wait, real quick to note on legionnaires. Uh-huh. One thing I do like about this change is it sort of inspires people to maybe not just play
2: Nurgle.
1: Nah, maybe they'll find something. Play there. Nah,
0: but this was nah. like a big thing with them. Pause.
2: T- and then they'll play Nurgle. They'll think okay. maybe no, I'm doing Nurgle.
1: Nurgle is mathematically just a good way to go. So, like, it's going to be great for new players. It's going to be great for for what you don't know what's going to be going into each event. Obviously, if you're if you have a certain play style that vibes with something else, then play whatever else is better. But like, Nurgle's by far like the easiest, just no brainer to take.
0: I mean, I'm a fan of Zinch. I'm just saying it uh, yeah, every Zinch time is I'm real playing For if you know what you're doing with you know played a few games, so try Zinch. You get, you get some surprise abilities, man. But anyways, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to Rob's favorite. I assume it's his favorite. Uh, it's up there,
2: yeah. Yeah, this one is definitely not like... So it's uh, the Void Scare Gunner. Uh, it gets the Rending Rule on their Shredder, um, mm-hmm. which is definitely not something I think it, it needed, but it just puts it in line with the Hand of the Archon Shredder. Uh, but what it really does is great is for Into the Dark, now you've got Rending and Lethal 5 up with its blast. So that's a bunch of crits.
0: Do you find this? You're, you're, are you going to use this yourself now when you play more of your Void cards?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the blaster is probably the default because you have that AP two and some plasma gun that doesn't get go hot right. um, is great. But I mean, five dice hitting on threes with rending—that's it's really—I mean, you can put through a lot of damage with that. Um, especially now that there's you know some nerfs to the uh, ability to like drop crit damage or take that away like four fives or three fours is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Three bolters, bolter, bolter strengths is rocking,
2: man. Yeah. Especially five of them with a lethal five up rending. Is this going to change the way you play your current build? Uh, no, I still, I mean, I loved using the shredder as a uh, alpha strike option. You can, you know, do your scouting recon and then, uh, plunderers dash, and then you're like 15 inches up the board. And then you get a shredder <laughs> shot off on a horde team, especially against pathfinders. They're all clumped together. Um, it's just going to make it more effective, um, and then it works a little bit better with some of the tack ops. Um, the only real tack op for like dice manipulation they have, which is outcast, you'll just get an extra hit on there as well. So, yeah, it'll be a really juicy alpha strike, and then especially on into the dark, just any blast is great. So, but I, again, it's definitely not a, like a needed one. But I think this is more just to kind of uniform, like a shredder has rending. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. I could also it. To- yeah.
1: I could also see if, if Corsair's win rate starts creeping up and Hannah the Archon, which I think are pretty strong, also keep creeping up. I could easily see, could easily see um, this being the first thing to go <laughs> on both teams.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a good ability. Do you want to talk about the elephant in the room now?
1: I'm pretty sure that's your job, that Mr. Is
0: all right, so Battle Honors is a thing, whatever. Battle Honors Battle Honors. One day we'll talk about more narrative stuff in the future. We want to talk about Vanguard. I didn't think they needed the ability to perform a mission action for free, especially in places like Into the Dark, which makes them so much better. I remember Dakota and I were talking about this all morning at work one day. Um, I honestly was fine with their update just getting deadly shots, and I thought, that's all I really need. I thought I was pretty happy. But now... Free mission actions? What? Or the pickup action. Uh, it's
1: That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Um, I dislike the reasons why they chose the models and everything for Phobos, but I do like this change. Uh, I think that they're, this change is good for the team. It's going to make them pretty decent or okay, at least, in Into the Dark. Um, I think that being able to move open a door for free and just run through is going to be excellent for them. Especially if you take a couple Reavers with terror. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty big.
0: And loot games of loot are going to be awesome on open boards. They could just run, shoot, do their thing. And then like, all right, Same I got it for yeah. yeah. Same secure with secures. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I think anything that you have to use a mission action to do anything. Uh, yeah. Cause you pretty much already take Vanguard, Vanguard every single turn. Anyways, Absolutely. So yeah. So I think the fact that it's not like on a scaling CP or something like that, and the fact that they can also farm CP, I think is, I mean, I, I could see this easily being an issue or something that's easily changed in the future. So if they become a problem, um, if they start winning every tournament, then obviously, yeah.
0: I mean, luckily their 12 and 13 wounds will keep them kept and not having like a crazy good gun will probably be all right to help them. But the, the big thing in my opinion with Phobos is there's a lot of, of timing, of knowing when to activate abilities. And you can only learn that just by playing. And that's that's how I learned it. just keep playing Phobos.
1: It's a very hard team.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think they're trying to simplify it a bit. That way you have one less thing to figure out. Okay, do I take my comms to be able to do a uh, using the comms ability to make someone else do the mission action? Uh, so I think maybe it was because I've, I've heard of people having a lot of success with uh, Phobos before this balanced data sheet. Um, and like Maybe their win rate's creeping up, but it's still, it's too much of a <clears throat> of a mental load with like, like you were saying, it's, they're a complicated team, but now it's one less thing to deal with.
1: That's a good point. Good point. Speaking to of on. models that aren't taken, uh, I guess <laughs> if they still suck, um, the next model that's going to get buffed is the Voxcaster going back to our last conversation. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah, man. <laughs> nobody uh, I thought it was so cool and I remember taking it once going this guy's absolute garbage like I'm never gonna take this guy with uh, a big
2: old like target on the top of their head to make him easily visible across the board so right
0: like he has to be so close to do his job that I never want to do it just take the the little comms guy and be like hey you performed that non-shooting non-attack action okay which, by the way, you can do with um, strategize for your sergeants, so you can have them do their mission, vanguard, whatever, all that, and then strategize.
2: Yeah. Oh, this one. I was talking with someone. Um, we had just bought a box of reavers and split it before the balance date is late, so feel good about that. Uh, good. But now reavers are effectively uh, a uh, a five AP or a five action model. <laughs> it's like yeah. you tear for free. You can move and then dash, open a door, shoot flip back to conceal. just so much.
1: Some might just say that terror should have just been active on their data sheets at all times, instead of costing an AP. Yeah, I guess that's why it's now down to zero, right? Yep. That's what it should be. That's all they're
0: doing. They're just making them auras. Uh, I guess. Cause you know, you can choose when to be scary. Sure.
1: Well, it's because Phobos were bad. <laughs> that's yeah. why they changed
0: it. I remember playing the first tournament with them and just going, man, I'm getting rocked here. I can't do anything. Um, but that was also my first tournament learning them. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So come a long way.
1: I remember how excited you were.
0: I was so excited to play Phobos. I painted up my reaver that night. I got mm-hmm. it done.
1: And then you tied for third in in the all random, but we'll get there. We'll get, there. we'll get
0: there. That's a different, that's a different team
1: though. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's see who is next. If we're going in order, who wants to take on Geller Pucks?
1: I guess I will. Um, all right. um, I think that this change is good for the team. It's another really soft-handed touch to them. Instead of them getting plus five CP from what they used to be getting, it is now, um, they only are technically getting plus two instead of the plus four or plus five Right. from what they, you know, when they originally came out because they get one for crit ops and now they're getting, uh, the one at any point during the game instead of the three less barges means it is better in general for the team barge is a really, really strong ability for them. And I see this, I see this uh, affecting them quite well, but also I could see that this still might not be enough. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know, if they, uh, if they win, another big tournament again. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of what I say is, you know, I think that that's a lot about the player. So if some big players still think that they're really good or think that they're going to counter the meta, you might just see them win a, a big tournament again. And unfortunately, hopefully Games Workshop isn't just taking all tournament win stuff into play because it's not always the fact that Uh, what's being played and what's being played effectively is the strongest teams out there. You know, like uh, I still think Pathfinders are real good. So I'm sure we'll get that to, uh, to that in a second. How about uh, a star strikers? Who wants to take these bad boys on?
2: I'll do it. All right. (laughs) I've been on the receiving end of quite a few of the support assets. So I'm pretty happy to see that they're, uh... so this one's a weirdly written one because they don't uh, take out things on the date when they've got a balance. They don't, tell you they've removed something they've added in the past. So um, if you just read over this balanced data slate and the last one, you might be confused. So previously they had all of their assets, BS character, uh, drop down to three ups. Um, and this one has now changed it. So the only one that's been changed is the Archaeotech beam, which is like the instant delete a, ca- uh, a model. Um, so the other two are back up to a four up. And that's going to be huge, um, especially on the one that both of them, I think were blast. Um, And so when you're talking about increasing one point on a ballistic skill for a single attack, that's one thing. But when you're talking about blast, that's a cumulative effect, because you're rolling so many dice. Um, So this is gonna be a big change, but they still keep their ability to pretty much delete one model. Um, So that's a big, big bonus
1: my thought on the star striders were that they were the boogeyman for gellerpox they were probably the best team next to vetguard and a few other teams with a lot of blast into gellerpox and i think that even though the gellerpox got a little bit of a of a of a cutback uh, the star striders getting a nerf you might see less of them, which might encourage more Gellerpox because Gellerpox scared, are scared of blasts. You, when you fight a Gellerpox player, you want to kill the small models, ignore the big ones. They can kill one model a turn. That's fine. Kill all the small things, they can't do anything anymore uh, as, as a team. And you can just outrun everything else. Um, Star Striders had the three plus blasts into their team, which were excellent. I think that I would have liked to see their blast ones stay instead of this, uh, three plus delete a single model. Um, but that's just me. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think they were overly buffed on the last one and they removed a lot. So I think they, this is the only one I don't think is the light touch because they, uh, they've lost the relentless on their rotor cannon. Um, and then they're having a similar effect on their, um, undaunted strategic play that is their damage limitation. Right. Um, and that's, it's it's doubly hit because um, it used to be, there's no limit to how low it would go. And I think also it was every
1: time, but now it's just the first time. Every dice and it was, but it was still rounded up.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so they've lost a few things, um, but they still get the uh, Volt Geist, Electro Masters, Field. So that's good. That's the same thing. Yeah, you're talking I, about I loved that ability. Yeah, that really influenced my playing against them, knowing that that was kind of active at all times.
1: Right. What did you call him earlier, Giacomo? Oh, the Electro Nerd? Yeah, Electro Nerd. That's
0: the one. <laughs> He's a scientist with electricity. I beat him up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Shocking.
0: We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I, I think it was a good change. It's not. It's, it's not like f- to the point where they're crippled.
2: I think what would be nice is kind of what Dakota was saying, if if you could choose which of the assets you got a three up on, like for the mission, oh. if it was kind of like a you know like the veteran um, Phobos Marine, you get to like customize his weapon. So then you could use your particle beam against uh,
1: intercessors
2: and you could use your blast weapons against the Gellerpox or against something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that could be cool, That's an actually. Yeah, excellent that, idea, Rob. Yeah. Hopefully, somebody from Games Workshop is listening to this. Or Giacomo's like Workshop that. will add that. That's Giacomo's right. Workshop, I apologize.
2: Yeah. I'll just
0: uh, Photoshop that shit in there. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, yeah, good point. Good point. I think Star Shaders is still, I'm still going to see them on on tables.
2: Well, if people can get the boxes because they're all sold out. That's true. Well,
1: That's true. now you just have to buy the combat patrols, oh, which you get you yep Navy Breachers, yep. an yep. assassin, and one squad of the uh, of the Star Striders.
0: I was talking to our boy, our boy, Alex, and he was saying, like, Why which not Which, Alex? Have, There's so many of them. You know, the Mr. AP.
1: Oh, yeah. Alexander Popov.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were, like, kind of- he, he was going on about, like, what if they gave you Star Striders, the RPDs, and then they gave you the star, uh, the uh, Breachers. You know, you get all three in there. And then an Assassin. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. But it's too close to release.
1: But you know, Giacomo's Workshop doesn't think too far in advance. <laughs> <laughs> it does
0: not. It thinks about what's what it's going to eat tomorrow. And that's about it.
1: Yeah. And that's going to be our wallets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, moving on to... The Breachers, speaking of Navy Breachers. I think these changes were warranted. Yeah. 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 You don't need to have so many rerolls because I thought that's like, that's really strong. So this is good. And no Grenadier should be able to be super crazy over the top like they were. And then they did the damage reduction thing to a minimum of three. Like everyone else is getting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the Grenadier was that much of a concern. I kind of feel like... If you're gonna let a a grenadier get all those grenades off, like that's on you. Like yeah. they got to be within six inches to throw it. You should kill that model before it gets to do it a second time.
0: Right.
1: Uh, I agree.
0: So uh, yeah, I think mean, they're just I, trying to limit them so not everyone has it.
1: I th- I think they're doing it just to put them in line with everyone else. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I think that's the the sole purpose uh intercession squad they got touched for once yep i am not a fan you're not um no i am not i don't uh, think it was that
0: big of a never of a change
1: no it wasn't but uh ultimately i think that the i mean durable was changed to just threes right yep minimum so, of
2: three so was it just one dice as well
1: yep yeah um i mean to me it's it's now useless so I would never ever take it on any model, especially with just being one dice on three. So and,
0: and that you have methodical—it's such a good ability.
1: Methodical is great. They have so many other good abilities. Um, I get that it was kind of being abused, um, but I think that's just like I think, I think that like that one change just made it completely. And I mean, I didn't take it in any ways to begin with. But I um, to me, intercession is the most player-friendly team to start with easily so like i just i i don't think that they were like that big of a deal you know i didn't see that they didn't win any of my tournaments right um a lot of them got placed in the top three but none of them actually like won one so like i don't understand why they needed to be nerfed um i guess it's to put everything else in line with everything else maybe um but i think i think it's going to hurt them especially for for newer players but
0: I mean, it it, it has that like that same thing at least the way I think of it with legionnaires where maybe don't just play Nurgle and so maybe don't just take durable
2: so I think I think that's the key, kind of key part imagine you're working for your workshop uh, yep. and you've come up with this great idea of putting like unique feelings of different chapters into an intercessor squad. And you put all this time into like, oh, this is a great idea. Oh, maybe this one as well. And nobody takes anything but durable. And then you get to write a balanced data slate. So you nerf it a little bit. I I I really feel like they put a lot of work into trying to give these different space marine, like, different feelings, like, for matching chapters. But instead, everyone just took durable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Durable and rapid. You know, I heard that at lunchtime at Giacomo's workshop, they serve nothing but pizza.
0: No, it's uh, quesadillas. Oh, oh,
1: yeah. That's just a rumor.
0: Yeah, it's just a rumor. It's in the rumor oh. mill.
1: All right, I got it. got it. got it. Got it. <laughs>
0: and um, biscuits. <laughs> and biscuits. The the British. The variety. British ones. Yeah. And and case.
1: So in American terms, you'd be serving quesadillas and cookies every day at lunch. That sounds sounds like you're paying. You're going to be paying for a lot of uh, medical bills in the near future.
0: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So, so this next one. Ooh. Who wants to do this one? Because I know nothing about heretics. So Not well. it. Not I, it.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have them in bits of plastic on the sprue at home. Um, so do I. Maybe I might build them now. But yeah, right. this is this is confusing. Um. So we'll start off with like the simple ones. The the plasma site accelerator. Their accelerated action is zero AP and six inches instead of the three. So that's useful. Now you've got like a comms model you can actually use because that three inches was useless. Um, they've got better ballistic skill and weapon skill on a few of the models, which makes them hit a lot harder, but I don't think that was their problem. They could kill. I mean, the the Despotec weapon is pretty powerful. I think the big one is the command action, um, and the demand action is zero AP, and there's a few other down to zero AP uh, like the phase oculars on the... Um, oh, those were before, on the um, death marks. But now, basically, you don't have to worry too much about um, your action economy on a team that is kind of elite in size with two action points per model. Um, so that's the big change. Um, the other one is the reanimation protocols. I think this is probably going to the biggest impact. So it's already been said it resolves before the living metal, so you get to reanimate and then get the two... Uh, wounds back from Living Metal, but now it's D3 plus three wounds, um, and you can That's place big. it within yeah, and you can place it within three inches of where it died, um, which means you could put it behind heavy cover or light cover, and you can choose its um, active its orders. So now, Whoa. yeah, so you've got your uh, immortal get shot, it dies, it comes back next turn. You can have it on conceal in heavy cover um, with at least. What's that going to be? Uh, six minimum of four eight wounds, wounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be up to eight wounds. It could be minimum of six wounds because you're going to get the yeah. four and then the living metal.
0: Wow! So
2: they're coming back uninjured, um, with a concealed order and in cover, and then you can still activate them, change their order, and and shoot without a penalty uh, for the ballistic skill.
1: Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to uh, Sheldon, my general heretic circle expert. And he said, I was like, so what do you rate them now from like, he was like, I was like, you know, a through S, uh, F through S tier. And he says that he thinks they're now A tier. Okay, so
0: that's a big jump.
1: Yeah. I mean, they got a ton of buffs. I think they should be good now, but only time will tell.
2: Yeah. They still have nothing in
1: the form of melee. So like
2: you close fast, you can shut them down. Um, but they would be able to reactivate or reanimate three inches away, so not in engagement. So at least they, you know, don't get stuck in engagement. But I think they're going to be pretty good.
1: I think my my two most least favorite teams is Heretic Circle and Phobos.
0: Damn, I love Phobos.
1: Well, More for Phobos you. for me. I mean. You can take your non Revals Reaver specialist and your non eliminator and go have fun.
2: I want an Eliminator though.
1: I know you do. And so you also bad. want a Reavers.
2: Well, you're not getting an Eliminator anymore. I think they're they're buffed enough.
0: I think I think we're pretty good at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um All right. Casterkin, I know Dakota had some feelings with this one.
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Uh, they were already performing really well at LVO and and Into the Dark through Brett. Uh, and the heat, sided legion. Yeah. Six sided legion. Um, YouTube channel, check them out. they're pretty cool. Uh, Brett's also a great guy. We should be having him on the podcast here coming up, talking about Carsicans and stuff. Okay. Crass Casserkins, Sorry. casserkins Um, can. the what? The candy can.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. The candy canes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: um, Yeah. I think that them all getting plus one wound characteristic and they did perform pretty decently at my last tournament. Uh, that one extra wound came into effect a lot actually, because it does have that breaking point of getting to seven. Right. So, um, that was pretty impressive to see them doing pretty decent, pretty well already, uh, outside of Brett. And the fact that you get more elite points, which is, uh, I think I, I didn't burn all of Br- when I played Car- uh, against him. Kassikin. When I played against him, I didn't burn all of his elite points until like late in the third turn. Um, and, you know, that was really difficult to do. I had 14 models he, he was rolling bad and had to kill. Um, <laughs> you know, so the fact that they're going to get, I guess, four more just stock standard points is going to be pretty good. Uh, It's at least going to add between one and two crits um, throughout the game. So, at least. And I think their combat blade is also going to be pretty good. You might want to take it into blooded, right? Because blooded is going to get in your face. So why not take it? Uh, So you at least can do some damage back rather than doing two threes. Right. Uh, I think that they're going to be a a really good contender for what is going to be dominating the meta. I think I think they're really good. Uh, I also think that uh, there's a few other people that we should talk about that possibly needed nerfs that didn't. Okay. You want to start? Pathfinders. What would you change? I don't know what I'd change. I'm not that smart.
2: Neither Um, am
1: I. I think that they're going to be an issue because of the, the, the new change to 16. There's been plenty of times that I have... Here's the problem with Pathfinders. They're really, really hard to balance. You have, you have a team that performs really poorly in a, in a new player's hands, and then they, they, they perform exceedingly well in some player's hands. Um, the fact that they have a 37% win rate probably means that they're going to get a buff here pretty soon. And to me, that might be an issue because I have seen multiple Pathfinder players easily jump to a 12 point lead by the beginning of turn three um, in primaries. Right. So yeah, I just think that uh, I just think that the crit ops is going to be an unintended buff to Pathfinders in general.
2: Yeah. I think um, a possible idea for maybe a nerf for them the, the thing that I've always struggled against with the pathfinders is they have too many silent, uh, shooting options. Um, it's fine if you're going to shoot me. I just, I mean, every team, most teams, at least the horde ones have one like sniper that can shoot silent. Um, but I think the, um, the pathfinders had too much ability with that and the, and their guns hit too powerfully for those that I think the weapon specialists and the rail rifles, um, or the problem is they can move too much, um, you usually don't have both. So, if they did something, maybe took away that, uh, what was that, Monka dash or the recon dash or something to take away their movement ability, or they do something for the shooting, um, not even taking away their shooting, just make them vulnerable to be shot back. But I think those could be one of the two directions to go. Uh, I don't think they're going to get uh, buff though, because even though their win rate's really low, I think they're just the GW's got to recognize that their win rate's low because they're awful in uh, Into the Dark. But as soon as we're in season three, Right. That could change dramatically.
1: You're right. I heavily disagree that they're bad and in into the dark. Um, I saw and played against Austin, who would go and open a door, rush a bunch of dudes into the door, and everyone would go on guard. And it was utterly obnoxious. You could control, heavily control, different parts of the map really effectively by going on guard so much. Now a good player might be able to play around going on guard, but I don't think that they're bad on into the dark. I think they just function way differently that people have not figured out yet. The fact that he was in the second pod and he crushed everyone. He dropped four or five points in all of kill team and in kill team open. Okay. I mean, I mean, he did the same thing at LVO. That's what I'm saying is that Pathfinders are good. The fact that he can now, or Pathfinders can now get 16 primary points, because here's the thing, you don't need your models to live. If you run away with the points, you can just run away with the points. Um, This is a point scoring game. It's not a killing game, right? Yeah. uh, I think that they, we're going to see, we're going to see if I'm correct. Um, there are a lot of people out there who disagree with me. Um, but I also see a lot of people saying that pathfinders are bad on into the dark. And while they are not ideal, I would definitely say that they are not bad. Uh, for sure. What about you, G? What is your thoughts on pathfinders?
0: Only playing against them a few times. I would agree with Rob that their speed is probably something that might need to be pulled back a
1: bit cuz I would I would love to see their 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 reposition or other, some other of their stuff cost 1 plus CP. Right. Just,
0: some something to make it harder for them to do like every time like I know I'm going to do this every time, you know.
1: I do like the silent thing, taking away their their one silent gun, their sniper. Yeah. That could be that could be also useful, because that's that's something small enough where it doesn't necessarily affect the team overall. It might fun- affect how certain models function on their team, but I feel like that is just a small enough nerf that it might be usable or doable. Just take away the silent keyword on that particular model,
2: because they'll still have the was it blonde, uh, bonded or blooded guy that can shoot
1: through obscurement, Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that would be a. Uh, yeah, I just, I hate that they have such a reliable turn one alpha strike, much like Hand of the Archon and like Corsairs. I feel like turn one alpha strikes are, aren't necessarily good for the game. Um, I think that players need to play around it, but the fact that uh, you know Pathfinders can just get it off so regularly is kind of one of my issues.
0: Yeah. Nobody likes Alpha Strikes.
1: Uh, another thing that I was ext- I was very upset about is that, once again, nothing from the Compendium was touched. And, you know, a lot of people have forgotten the Compendium, but I just remember Compendium Team 1 Kill Team Open, right?
0: Yeah, I don't really know if they need anything.
1: Personally? No, they don't need anything, but, <laughs> you know, you have a lot of other teams that are just awful. And whether or not like the 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 annual that's coming up, who's what's going to be in that? As I believe what they said is that the annual is going to be staying around. So what's going to come in the annual is it going to be all the teams that were released in each book that came that came so far or is it going to be an update for a bunch of compendium teams? I would still like to see something, something like they did, you know, for the season one like craft worlds got plus one operative. I think craft worlds is in a great spot. I think Death Girl Death Guard are in a great spot. Um, I think that the Stodys are are in a great spot. (laughs) But Space Marines, Grey Knights, Tomb Worlds, the Tyranids are an okay spot, but not great.
2: I think the Tyranids are the ones even if it was just a real minor buff. Just to like remind people you can play them. Cause I feel like what we really saw is when the Star Striders got their buff, uh, it had a big impact on win rate, but it had a bigger impact on people who were playing the team more. Um, and so just to get people playing, cause the Tyranids are completely underrepresented. They don't even have a bespoke team. They're, I think they're the only faction that has nothing. Um, so get more people playing Tyranids, or maybe they're just trying to save that for season three. And That's they don't what I'm win. thinking. But it'd be nice to at least get acknowledged. I On that note, I appreciate that even though you burned through it really fast on the Phobos, it's a good they had a shout out for narrative that they are paying attention to how those rules interact as well. It'd just be nice if they did that for the compendium as well, because it is part of the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they don't even have any faction tech ops, you know? So like I think uh, anyone in the compendium. So I think, I think there's like a lot... Of- uh, a lot left to be desired and to me with them missing the whole 24 points thing these few changes on the board it just felt lackluster and disappointing and that's why that's why personally me I have an overall uh, just kind of disappoint vibe to it uh, I like a lot of the changes but I just thought there could have been more
0: okay I mean personally I think with the compendium not being changed as a way for gw to sort of go this is its own game ignore this book and so well the, here here's the here's a here's the here's, here's a take when it, when the index came out in eighth edition there was a point where they just dropped them all right you know like okay everyone's codex is out nothing else cool uh they could have done the same thing with compendium they could have just been like hey you know this isn't a thing anymore we have enough teams now just play those but they're still giving us that so there's something for us to use you know, not going the route of like legends or something. And this is a way for them to sort of go, we don't just want you to buy like regular boxes of 40 K. We're trying to push for kill team to really be its own thing.
2: Yeah. But you'll know that they're going to be releasing new boxes once they start changing the, uh, the compendium to make them even better so they can sell out of all their backlog. That's going to be the key.
1: But I think, I think there's, I think that you're also looking at it still wrong because like, yeah, Kill team is its own thing. We have our own models, cool. But then, guess what? Three months later, they get released for 40k. <laughs> so
0: yeah, they, none they, of these they, are they do that with um, like Underworlds. They just do it just to give you the model to use, but it doesn't mean it's good. I never use the Underworld models in like Age of Sigmar or That's even true. 40k. I just I just have them so you can use them to play the game,
1: but it's not well, the, that great. The, the novitiates are actually pretty decent in 40k, um, and same with some of the corsairs and some builds, but. I think I think that just looking at it that way is like a really underrepresented because like why wouldn't Games Workshop want all these players all these kill team players to eventually jump to 40k because 40k is you're you're going to have to buy more models right like um, I mean with 10th edition that's going to it's going to be easy enough <laughs> easy enough for a lot of people to jump to which Rob you were saying earlier that you're thinking about also playing some 10th next year right hell
2: yeah get, get back into it since what like third edition maybe
1: hell yeah oh, man, you took quite a break yeah, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, I just think it's like an easier way to to be like, "Hey, Death Watch are actually good. They can take four plasmas in the team now." I Man, I would you know like, just just add something. I'll be the first something. one to
0: jump on Death Watch if they were to get something, but that's not happening, and I've accepted this. I'm just, I've just accepted it, and I'm hoping that in season three, your, your underwriters at...
1: Your underwriters at uh, at Giacomo's workshop are laughing at you right now because you don't know what's coming. He doesn't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. Manual.
0: Um, Deathwatch. Watch. That'd be I w- good. Speaking of manual, I, I would agree. I would. I would like to see them kind of give you update on all the rules from the books, and you get them all in one place. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to just have to buy one book to get all this book.
1: That's what I'm hoping for. But I mean, the next annual also might be every team, every bespoke team that they've already, that they've released thus far, you know, like, which would be nice. I could throw away half of my books. Right. You don't have to
0: carry as many with you. Just bring, you know, the one copy with you and you're all set.
1: Yeah. Um, And here, but here's the other problem. If they're not going to make compendium good, You're going to have the exact same, unless if they, so next edition is probably around the corner. As a lot of people are speculating, it's probably going to be sometime next year. You could be waiting for Tyranids to drop all the way into the very last release. Okay. you And then, which might not happen, but let's say, let's say it does. Then the next edition releases, right? And you're stuck in the same place that all these corn players are for 40k. It's just going to be a feel bad unless if they're keeping a lot of the same rules, you know, then, you know, we can, we can go from there. But like some of these people are going, some of these compendium players, if any of them are going to be updated are going to have to wait until the very end, or they might not get updated at all. You know, like they might just be doing all purely cool bespoke teams from here on out and compendium could honestly, 100% be left in the dust. I mean, time will tell but I am not from what I've seen and nothing being happening in white dwarfs. It just seems like it's completely forgotten, which makes me sad.
0: I mean, I could see them instead of doing the white dwarf do the annual, like here's updates for compendium teams. Like here's four of them that we chose that we're not going to make new models for.
1: Yeah, that could be cool.
0: Like death guard. I probably could see that. Cause what are they really going to make? That's different that they don't already have in terms of the model kit.
1: Cause, um, cause they could, they mm-hmm. could push the space Marine heroes line. I
0: I know you want the space brain heroes. That's totally
1: fine. I've heard this somewhere before.
0: Every, every
1: time, every podcast.
2: (laughs) No, I really think the Terranids need something. I think a few of the teams that are completely underrepresented, even like the craft world, um, because they're in a pretty good spot, but like Corsairs and Drakari are different. So,
1: bro, Chris, I am an Eldar lover. Craft worlds are whack. Like, in a kill team, why would you have guardians and storm guardians and dire avengers and, and rangers? The only things that make sense for a craft world's kill team would be, um, could be striking scorpions or maybe, maybe dire avengers, uh, the outcasts. So your rangers and maybe like a warp spiders, but like dire avenger, I mean, Guardians and storm guardians are just their average citizens. Like it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. I'd rather I, you'd see them in 40 K as opposed to kill team where they're not as specialists.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between like vet guard and guardsmen? Like they have the compendium guardsman team, but those guys are just, you, you don't spend your regular guys on a special ops mission. Right. Correct. And what, like, Guardians should be on the craft world, defending the craft world, not
1: yeah, basically.
2: infiltrating, especially when you have specifically infiltrating models like striking scorpions.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, there's there there are like specific things that I have issues with in Compendium. It feels like they just took the bases of the old kill team and just kind of threw them in there to kind of make the addition work, which I I I like. Like thanks for including them but ultimately like if they never see an update and you know, it's just like exodites who get something or it's just, you know, and, or, or even if elves don't get anything else for the rest of the, the lifespan of, of kill team, um, you know, like I would be heavily disappointed.
0: Well, it looks like kill Team's going to be here for a long time. So we'll see you in season seven. <laughs> 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 <sighs>
1: When I'm fucking, when I'm when I'm like fifty
0: four. Yep, and we're still playing this game. Yeah.
1: Episode three thousand two hundred and episode forty thousand. That's the one we got to work for. The word
0: biscuits will become popular in the United States using the British term. It'll be great. Uh, it'll
2: be great. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about the uh, FAQs? Are any of those that you find really interesting? since they're on a completely different document, you have to go search for them.
1: You mean many different documents. Yes. Many
0: different documents. TBH, I looked at all the options and I was like, nah, I'm going to let someone else read all this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. do you want to go over the, the Hand of the Archon one?
2: Yeah. So that's the one that I was subtly pushing us towards because I think this is one that was definitely needed. So if anyone's not familiar with Hand of the Archon, they've got something called the uh, Torment Grenade. Um, which is a dirty, dirty tool um, that uh, basically you can throw from conceal. And originally, the way it was written, you could even throw an engagement range. Um, so they've changed the FAQ a little bit there just to make it, honestly, make sense. This is not a, um, a balanced data, sh- a d- data slate. This is just like correcting the way it was worded. Um, so originally... The way it works is it's six inches. You pick a point. It's kind of like a stun grenade or a smoke grenade or all the other ones. So it's not a shooting action. Um, but they didn't clarify at the end that it had to be, you could not perform it in engage range. So that's been changed. And that's not like a balance that just, that should have been there in the first place. Um, The other important part is they clarified that if you have become poisoned, then you remain poisoned until you're incapacitated, and even if you are incapacitated, which is really important for the next change, uh, because that would really apply to Necron. um, Originally, you would take two mortal wounds at the end of the turning point. They've now clarified that that it's now going to take place at the ready operatives of this ready operative step of the next turning point, um, or each turning point. What that means is you no longer have the concern of if you're going to incapacitate a model with the mortal wounds at the end of the turning point, what if that model's on an objective? Do you control that objective at the end of the turning point? Because the model died. There's ways to work around with how initiative works to kind of clarify that, but it just made it kind of awkward and inconvenient. So now it takes place at the end of the ready operative step. So if a model gets uh, poisoned during turning point one, then they're going to begin turning point two with two less wounds, taking the mortal wounds. But it's important that it happens at the end of the ready operative step, because for Necron, their living uh, living metal happens at the beginning of the ready operative step. So they're going to gain their two wounds and then lose the two wounds uh, from the poisoned, which means they're not going to die out of sequence and therefore not be able to use reanimation protocols. Uh, so I think that was a helpful clarification. Um, and then also, if you do poison Necron, which again, doesn't make sense narratively because they're robots, but sure, also Nurgle shouldn't get poisoned, but I'm okay with that. Uh, but if you do kill something that dies and comes back, it's still poisoned. And I think they clarified that in general with uh, just a general FAQ that um, effects of an, on an operative or abilities on an operative, um, they continue if they get incapacitated and come back. I think that was somewhere in there, but I'm not entirely sure because again, they're all over the place.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting to say the least. Uh, Poison's going to be awesome. Yeah, there has been some concerns when it first
2: came out. People thought that maybe they had messed up and it was supposed to be a limited action or something you had to do from shoot. But I think it's kind of like we had mentioned with the uh, Navy Breachers Grenadier. Uh, The model is super deadly. So if you let it, do its ability a few times, that's kind of like, that's on you. You should eliminate that one quick or just position to a point where they're not able to. Um, So, you know, if you don't want to get poisoned multiple turns, kill the, the poisoner
0: play around the poison. There you go. I love it.
1: Yeah. I think it's, um, I think the, there's only like a hatchway fight that's changed a little bit. I mean, none of the FAQs really stuck out to me, like being super insane outside of that. Um, did anything that stick out for you fellas?
2: No, I think it's pretty, I mean, a lot of them are just, uh, I think it made sense and people were playing them maybe rules as intended, but it's nice to get the clarification.
1: At our, at, uh, at the all random tournament, when people were playing a lot of people, didn't know i knew this but a lot of people did not know that when you use a guard action uh if you interrupt an enemy operatives activation you can perform an overwatch on someone at, on, on a different target right a lot of people didn't know that which was surprising so i'm glad that they did change that
2: or clarified that
1: yeah clear. yeah they clarified it in the fact for them for close quarters but um Yeah, that was pretty interesting. That's a
0: good point to bring up. Yeah. Take a shot at something else.
1: Yeah. So do you guys want to move on to the all random real quick? we
0: can quickly comment on that.
1: Oh, So it was a lot of fun. We had most teams, most players came out to our all random tournament. You randomly selected your tech ops via the crit ops, how it says to. You randomly selected what type of terrain you were going to play on. You randomly selected uh, what terrain you were going to play on and you randomly selected your team. So players were allowed to bring up to three teams and then they could roll in front of their opponents and, uh, and have fun. So Giacomo, you played in that. How, how did you, how did you like I had that? a lot of fun
0: picking random things, you know, choosing my random scouting step, choosing random intercessor abilities. <sighs> And choosing random tack ops. That was a lot of fun because I got to use some that I never get. And I understand why some of the ones in infiltration. Oh man. That was like, there's no way this team was going to do it. There's,
1: there, there was a lot of, there's a lot of fun. Uh, I think George, who was, uh, who was there, it was his first tournament he ever went to, um, at least for us he he didn't bring three teams. He only brought one team. And what he ended up doing was that he ended up rolling to see if each operative was on his roster. So he was playing blooded. And sometimes he, I think one time he brought like five or six, um, five or six just guardsmen (laughs) and left a lot of like left like a plasma gunner out he left the ogre out he left the he left it was it was a blast uh that was cool to see we had um we had two players team up because only one of them had a team and it was both of their first tournaments so they both played on a team against other people uh that was extremely fun um and then my favorite thing about the whole th- about the whole tournament was when i when i when i when i populated the tournament it was tournament place the tournament placings and the tournament pairings were were all tournament points and then random so even if you won by like one point right you like if you scored 20 points you still might play somebody who won 5 to 3 right but at the very end of the tournament we had two people who were undefeated we had two people with two wins and one loss. And in the best random of fashions, we had first both the first place people come up and roll a dice to see who got first place. <laughs> and then we had both people from third place um, come up and roll off to see who got third. And my other favorite thing was that everyone that came, I think we had 10 players, everyone that came got to spin the random wheel of prizes so everyone walked home with something so it was a uh a tournament and that we i went to a
0: really bar enjoyed. afterwards and drank a bunch it was great
2: you didn't drink at all
1: <laughs> i did not drink at all
2: so the uh Jeep G- for the um intercessors did you ever have any of them do a stock target no because that's one of the infiltrate ones that would be ridiculous to see a, a big old infiltrator or intercessor right. sneaking behind
0: <laughs> no,
1: Chakalot he, he he right oh twice, my god it was so, so
0: dumb <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, and it was on a loot mission so it was so easy to like loot move alright I just need to be near it cool
2: <laughs> yeah it's it, not the loot mission that you need that's just I love that tack op I take it every time but it is broken
0: it is so busted
1: yeah The uh, secure unexplored rooms is also a fantastic in most of the into the dark, uh, maps as well. So that's, uh, that's pretty, we had a, the random tournament was a lot of fun. We're going to be running one more later this year. Um, so keep an eye out on my website for that. Uh, all of our tournaments have now been, uh, pretty much set in stone. There's just a couple more that we might be adding throughout the year. So uh we're talking about running a Magic the Gathering draft night uh for squad games with the Lord of the Rings that it, uh, pack that's coming out. So if you guys are into Magic, you know, look out for that. Uh we have a lot of other stuff coming up. We are still talking to people in Arizona about running one in Arizona. And uh we're going to be running four boarding action tournaments this year. So we have all the stores set in stone. We have all the dates now. So we have, I believe, 14 kill team tournaments this year, four boarding action tournaments. We might even have a Shatterpoint tournament, uh, depending on how that's going to be received this summer. Uh, So it should be a lot of fun. And then if that goes well, maybe we'll run another one. So uh, if anyone's out there in the SoCal area, you know, check us out. If you guys want to travel to come to any of ours, I suggest the All Valley Team Tournament which will which is a kill team tournament, three players. Uh you come in and you play another team of three players. It is by far some of the funnest uh kill team games that you will have and whether you win or lose, you get to go out and have fun with your buddies on the town in LA and then you get to come back for day 2. So, uh, it should be a blast and then uh yeah. So,
0: go to the event. It's a lot of fun, guys.
1: That sounded it so. Did. Rob, authentic. tell us
0: about the event. You were there,
2: <laughs> uh, the All Valley Team Tournament.
0: Yeah, you got to play in it.
2: Oh yeah, that was awesome. It's um, it's got to be my favorite one from last year. Uh, so we were on a team. It was so much more like strategy involved and like who you're going to pair up against, and you know, sitting there being like, okay, I know I'm better in the into the dark than my my teammates, but my team matches up really well against one of their people that's going to play on open. So you're just kind of figuring that out. Um, if you're not all that experience then you can join up with a team of people that are more experienced and be the sacrificial lamb yep it's your job go into the geller box all you gotta do is die don't even worry about it uh (laughs) or if you don't have a team i think there was one of the i think maybe like third or fourth place last year was a bunch of free blades people that showed up didn't have a team and got put together um and did great so yeah and the fact that it's two days was awesome. So you're like meeting people on day one, you get a lot more chance to like talk to people and make friends. And then the next day make enemies when you face them on the table (laughs) Uh. and then be friends again.
1: Yeah. And then on Saturday night you can go out and you know, everyone's then friendly too. So it's, it's a good way to get into the community, have fun, and I think we're having, we might be having some people from the East coast and from Canada and from all over the U S come, come this time. So if you are thinking about traveling to Los Angeles, make it September 23rd and 24th of this year, come out and play a couple games with us and then go to the beach on Monday or Friday. Cause you can't.
0: Cause if there's a beach nearby.
1: It's awesome. Relatively <laughs> speaking.
0: Well, Mr. D Mr. R I think we're getting to that time.
1: Yeah. Once again, I want to shout out to our patrons. Thank you for making this happen. Uh, Thank you, FLG, for, you know, making us affiliates. uh, And thank you for everyone who's listening. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Um, You know, even if you weren't listening, we'd still probably be making this, but because you are listening, it makes me want to do it more. So I do appreciate each and every one of you for that. So thank you. How about you, G?
0: I also want to thank our patrons. You know, they help us bankroll these episodes, even if, you know, even without them, we'd still do them. Because like you mentioned, it just turns my Grinch heart three times its size. Um, In addition to that, though, if you do want to help us out, you know, you can find us on patreon.com slash squad games. It helps us run events, helps us do this, and uh, it just feels really good. Thanks, guys. And if you can find us on Instagram at squad underscore games, underscore entertainment links will be in show notes. Uh, And that's about it, man. Until next time, guys. See ya. Peace.